So the message of that first reading of David and Goliath is to kill your enemy, correct? Well, maybe not. We have to understand the context of the times. David and Goliath is a story we all knew as children. Now, many dispute that Goliath even existed. We know that Goliath was a real person. Some people go so far as to even say that David didn't exist, but Jesus himself referenced David. Remember yesterday? He said, what did David do when David went in with his men who were starving and they ate the bread reserved only for the priests? So if Jesus said, what did David do? I think that's pretty good evidence for me that David existed. Christ said so. Now then, people will argue, well, then the Bible is it literally true? What, how do we read the Bible? You've heard me say this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But yes, we read the Bible is literally true. But then I always add to it, well, then go home tonight and cut off your right hand because it causes us to sin or cut out our tongue probably would be more accurate because it causes us to sin. No. We don't, we read the Bible as literally true, but we don't read the Bible as literalists, meaning we actually take a saw and cut off our right hand or cut out our tongue. We read the Bible as literally true, meaning what the message of the author is trying to convey is true. Again, you've heard me say this, so I'm not going to cover this in detail. In other words, the message is if there's something in your life causing you to sin, get rid of it. You know, if it's a computer or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whatever it might be. That's the message. That's the Bible literally is true. So if that's the case, if, if David and Goliath is our story today, what's the literal truth? What is the meaning that the author is trying to convey? Face those things that scare us with the help of God. You've heard me also say before that the Bible says 365 times in some form or another, be not afraid. Brother Mark has even brought up the idea, I like it, that maybe we should do a podcast of each one of those 365 verses every single day of the year. Fear not in an entire year. And read the scripture passage that's along those lines of fear not. This is the message. Now we must face our giants. They even had a football movie about that, facing the giants. We have to face our giants. What are they? Could be fear of money, losing money, not having enough. It could be fear of social settings. It could be fear of getting sick. Right now is COVID. These are many fears. Now obviously we must be prudent. Yes, I've said this before with COVID, we have to take precautions and be prudent. Nobody's not saying that, but we can't be so fearful that our lives and our world and our worship cease. We cannot do that. What good is our fear if we allow it to strip every ounce of religious freedom we have, if we allow it to cease our lives from existing. I mean, I had a, 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 a conversation with a beautiful couple last night. They haven't been allowed to see their grandkids in two years now. 
something wrong there. Now, we understand being prudent. But when we stop our lives, when we stop the world, and we stop worship, when churches close, now we're not facing our fears. The message in this reading is clear. The world and our worship must go on. You know, I had a retreat by a priest when I was a novice. It was the single greatest retreat I ever had. I won't mention his name, but it, 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 it went to my soul. And one of the things this priest said, he was very interesting. He said his greatest fear, the fear that he just was overwhelming for him, was being falsely accused as a priest, that he would lose his priesthood. And he said it consumed him so much that he didn't even become what he was supposed to do as a priest. He stopped hearing confessions. He stopped giving spiritual direction. Out of fear, he ceased being a priest. He wouldn't hear confessions anymore out of fear that he would be falsely accused. He wasn't living his priesthood. Guess what happened? He was accused. He was falsely accused. It ended up being determined. So we have to face these fears. Is there a possibility that God allowed that so it would wake him back up? Perhaps. We don't know. You know, it's easier said than done. I realize that. I myself am the first to admit that. Um, I have many fears. I have fears that the complaints from these live streams will cause Father Kaz to remove me from ministry. I have fears that the church will fall into great scandal and, and we will no longer be able to continue our ministry because basically everybody's going to leave the church. We have a dying demographic of people who have been married helpers that are, are, are blessed in their older age. But what happens after this generation of the younger generation is going to be able to see the value of divine mercy and help us keep this ministry going? Uh, I also have the fear of being falsely accused. Uh, we also have the fear of catching COVID. Yes, we all have fears. Then someone sent me, if you ever want a wake-up call, you want a true wake-up call, read the litany of humility. I've assigned it to a few people in the confessional. It is the greatest wake-up call you ever want. Go to Google and type the litany of humility. This one will wake you up. First of all, it's in a couple of different parts. And one of the parts is from fear. From the fear of such and such, deliver me, Jesus. So I'll say things like, from the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of being suspected, Deliver me, Jesus. Or how about this one? From the fear that someone else will be loved more than me, deliver me, Jesus. From the thought that somebody may be preferred over me, deliver me, Jesus. Then it says, Jesus. Okay, so that's hard enough to just overcome the fear of that. 
Then the litany humility goes on to say, Jesus, now give me the desire or the grace to desire it. I'm like, holy moly, Lord, you're asking us to get over the fear of being loved, somebody else being loved more than us now. You're asking us to desire it? Wow, that is difficult. Again, you want a wake-up call? Read the litany of humility. This is very, very hard. From the fear of being falsely accused, deliver me, Jesus. These are facing our fears. Right now, we're facing them in the world with sickness and death. But we know these don't come from God. They come because of sin. Not necessarily meaning that a particular person is sick because they sinned. No. Sickness and death are because I've sinned. Because we are a part of the body of Christ. It's not even our own sins necessarily, as that we're part of the body of Christ. When one sins, we all feel the effect Likewise, when one does an act of love or virtue, we all feel the positive effect. You've heard me say before, in God's ordained will, he does not want this, but in his permissive will, he allows it. This is crazy. Why would God allow it? Because he wants to bring a greater good out of it. Nothing is outside the providence of God. Doesn't mean he wants it or, or he forces it to happen, but sometimes he allows it. And these are the consequences of our choices. You know, um, a good friend of our Marian community up in Buffalo has a cousin. This little guy's 14 years old. He doesn't know what's going on as we speak this very moment this very second, I ask for your prayers. He went into brain surgery a couple of hours ago, and it'll be an eight-hour uh, uh, operation. This poor little guy doesn't even know what he's going in for, and he's currently, as we speak right now during this Mass, and I'm offering the Mass for him, um, is, 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 is in in the hospital being operated on for this brain surgery. Now we know God doesn't want this little guy to have to go through that. We know that God doesn't want little Lucas to have to endure this. But because we are all part of the body of Christ, from the first conceived to the death of the most elderly, we all have that connection and when we sin, that puts disorder into that body of Christ. And when we do acts of love and virtue, it puts love and order back into the body of Christ. Why do you think our world is in such a mess? Because we have so much sin, so little virtue left. We must reverse that. And if we're not even worshiping our God out of fear, we're cutting off the number one way to put that order back into the body of Christ. The mass, the sacraments, churches open, worship. We're shutting all that down because of fear. What if David would have said, you know what? Sorry, brethren, this is, um, this is something I'm too afraid of. The Israelites 
would have ceased to exist. They would have been crushed by the Philistines. And so this message is loud and clear, I think. You know, we don't know the answers to to these questions of why God allows it, but somehow we said God will bring a greater good. Much worse than the coronavirus was the plague. You've heard me say this as well, that the plague infected depends on how many, what historical documents you read, but up to a third of Europe was killed. But you know what came out of the plague? The church. You see, the church was struggling. The church was dying. The church had turned inward. But when the plague hit, Europe witnessed some of the most, and that's the time we've got the greatest saints that came out of the church ever. But the church witnessed priests and nuns that put their fear aside and went out and treated those with the plague. The church witnessed these priests and nuns that took fear for their own selves and put it aside and said, I'm going to care for these people. And they did. And you know what converted Europe? and converted the world, those priests and nuns. Because when the other sick people saw the fearlessness of these priests and nuns putting their own safety aside, and that's what I believe we priests are called to do, you'll have to kill me to keep me from celebrating the Mass, no matter what direction COVID goes. If a priest and a nun in the Middle Age in the Middle Ages, when the plague was much more deadly, didn't fear their own lives, and they went out and they took care of the sick. The rest of the world saw this, and they said, I want to be part of that. There must be really something. Now, if they would have ran and hid, what inspiration is that? Where would have been the inspiration for Europe to convert to Christianity if they would have saw the priests and the nuns run and hide. No. They got out there. They faced their fears. And, and it converted the world. Yes, did some lose their lives? Probably. But so did Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lost his life so that we could live. No greater love hath a man than to lay down his life for another. You know, I, I try to exercise. There's a couple reasons why I try to exercise. One, because my doctor yells at me all the time that if I don't get exercise for my heart, I'm going to be in big trouble. But I think a bigger reason that I try to exercise as little as I can is because I have this, this crazy thought that someday I'm going to be in, in an imprisonment somewhere. And as the only priest probably in there, and this is just a crazy vision I have, I will have to be able to be an inspiration to not give up out of fear, to have the physical ability to stand up and persevere in the worship of God, even in the midst of a prison area or a work camp or whatever it might be. This is what the priests and the nuns of the Middle Ages did. They put that fear aside. So this is where I think we have a great message. David slew Goliath. And I bet the other Israelites who saw that said, you know what, I can do this too. They saw him face his fears. We can do it too, but we need God's help. 
all right? Be strong. Be not afraid. This is the message. Nothing is outside of the providence of God, although I agree sometimes it may seem so. I get that. God will bring a greater good. The whole issue comes back to trust. And this is where I finish. You know, you've heard me say this as well. Jesus told St. Faustina that trust is the most important of all. We're going to read a passage from the diary of St. Faustina after Holy Communion that summarizes the importance of not fearing. Do you know that Jesus tells us not to fear 189 times in the Bible? That doesn't even mention trust. Just do not fear is 100, I'm sorry, in the Bible, in the diary of St. Faustina. 189 times. 365 times in the Bible. And so this is a strong message. In that diary, Jesus told St. Faustina that trust is the vessel by which all grace is received. We want to get to heaven, we need grace. You want grace, we need to trust. You want to trust, do not fear. Period. We need this. The government is not going to have all our answers. The government is not going to be the one to protect you. The government is not the one that is going to be able to solve all these problems. Only God can. Only God. So I finish with my two favorite presidential quotes. One was Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan said, A nation not under God is a nation gone under. Ronald Reagan. And the other, President Roosevelt. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.